Professor. Uh, I'm here with my friend Brett Luster at the McCoupin Art Collective in Staunton, Illinois. And we're gonna chat a little bit tonight about Brett's beliefs. So Brett, how yeah, are you? I'm well, thank you for having me. Good, yeah, absolutely, it's my pleasure. So tell the folks a little bit about yourself just to get us, just to get us going. Yeah, so I am a father, a husband. Uh, I am a Christ follower, like I told you we're gonna talk about today. I love uh, working out, I love fitness. I'm from Staunton, Illinois. A little town here in southern Illinois, yeah, the Midwest. Yeah. I, I love it. Well. I love it here. The air is clean. There's, yeah. there's uh, all types of places to go out and ride your bike and, yeah. and run. I just, I love it here. So it's great. So riding your bike and running, that's how you work out. Is that how you like working out? Do you go to the gym or anything else? Like, what's what's a workout like for you? Yeah, I go to Ageless here in Staunton. Okay, it, it has everything you need and more. It's got bench press. It's got Not a uh, promoter <laughs> treadmills. <laughs> but yeah, big shout out to Austin and Ageless. I mean, it's it's got a great following here. Yeah, yeah it's got things. cables to use. It's got dumbbells. I mean, it's got uh, classes that, that people do there. So I love going there and just burn some stress. Nice, burn some stress. <laughs> I like that. I like that exercise way to burn off some stress. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of walking and hiking. Yeah, good stuff. Love to be out in the woods, nice and peaceful, clean air. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna get into it. Um, so what I like to do, I'm, I'm practicing this thing called street epistemology, and I've talked about it a little bit on my channel. Mm -hmm. uh, and Brett and I have talked a little bit about it in person uh, before tonight. It, essentially, it's taking the philosophical discipline of how we know what we know and bringing that to the street, right? Bringing it into everyday life. So having philosophical discussions about deep beliefs in everyday life in a cordial, respectful manner. So that's what I wanna do. I like to get at people's core beliefs. I like to figure out what drives your actions, what drives your decisions, right? And if we can get to some claim to truth, some belief that you have that drives your life, I want to find out how you came to that belief because yeah. if you know something true yeah i want to know it too you know so i want to know what convinced you that this thing is true whatever claim we're going to make so we kind of talked about your your christian beliefs a little bit so i want to kind of boil that down to a claim that we can explore right something to focus on some yeah. some statement so what do you think that claim would be what's your what's the truth that you want to explore tonight mm. I would just say that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, that he heals people emotionally, physically, and so on, and I'm living proof. Great. So you, you have a belief in Jesus Christ, the, the literal living figure, uh, a, a, a thinking agent, who uh, is alive along with God the Father and who, who hears us and intercedes in our life. Yeah. So you believe that Jesus Christ is real, he is the Son of God, he is a living God, and that he intercedes in our lives, that he, he makes good things happen for you. Yeah. Is that fair? Is that a fair uh, restatement? So Jesus, yeah, he makes real. good things happen for me. Yeah, and that 
even though I go through suffering and, and oftentimes people who follow Christ will go through even more suffering mm. than other people that it's yeah I mean he does cause good things to happen to me because I follow him but also mm-hmm. there are responsibilities mm. and, and persecutions thankfully in the United States we don't face as harsh of those persecutions mm-hmm. but yeah um, I think that would generally be a good statement okay yeah, I just want to, I want to sort of be clear about definitions, yeah. you know, like, because uh, there's a lot of different views out there, a lot of different beliefs, and I, I like to get down to the nitty gritty of them. So I want to make sure that we're kind of on the same page with yeah. who you're talking about, because one person could say, you know, I believe in God, but what does that mean to you? You know, and for you it's specific. You have a belief in a living God, Jesus Christ, who acts in, in, in your life, mm-hmm. sometimes for the good. But it's not just for the good, right? Your, your yeah. faith in Jesus doesn't only bring good things. It brings your, your belief in Jesus can bring uh, hardships sometimes. Yeah. So I think that's fair. I think that's mm-hmm. fair. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's a, good, uh, a good distinction. And I appreciate that clarification. Because if I say, you know, so, so this is a figure, an active thinking agent who, who does good things in your life, mm-hmm. that's not the whole story. Yeah, right? so that's I want to get deeper, and I want to understand exactly what you mean. I don't want to put words in your mouth. So. Yeah. Yeah. So tell and me, you tell know, me. and you know all about this too, because you studied particularly Eastern mm-hmm. religions. It's mm-hmm. my and, background. Yeah, yeah undergraduate. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> we we can definitely talk about me. I'd love to talk about me. We maybe after the talk. Uh, but yeah, let's dig in on this. So tell me how. It's it's fair to say then that you believe Jesus Christ is real and acts in your life. Yeah. And that's how confident are you that? That is true, like zero to a hundred percent. How 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 sure are you that that is true? One hundred percent. Okay, okay, that's high. No doubt. There's no doubt. No question in your mind. Right, because of all types of different things. Number one thing was that I experienced him. The one thing that's in my mind right now, uh, and so whenever I was still in high school, I was partying a lot. My mm-hmm. father wasn't around. And uh, single parent home, and but the responsibility was on me. Hmm. I was making bad choices. I was hanging around with the wrong people, smoking a lot of pot. Uh, I was promiscuous. I had a lot of things going on that I shouldn't have been doing. Hmm. I was a punk kid. A lot going on in my life. And then I was playing football freshman year. I loved it. Was really good at it. Sports was an outlet. Just kind of like fitnesses. Now it's mm-hmm. carried on. Mm-hmm. But my coach came up to me practice my freshman year and he said Brett look you're not going to be able to play football this next year because of your grades mm-hmm. so it really got me into some hot water so I, I had to sit out my whole sophomore year and it was very dark it was very low I was uh, smoking a lot more pot dropping acid cocaine there was all types of things I was getting into <clears throat> so but he uh, asked me if I wanted to go to this playoff game late sophomore year just to kind of visit, just to kind of be there with us. And so I go and, and you know, we win the game. It was very great. And mm-hmm. then, uh, so junior year, I play and I'm with the team. Uh, I do really well. The team's doing well. And he, he was a mentor for me. He encouraged me. He was, he gave me a lot of value in my life. And uh, he was like a father figure. I get on to college and a lot of those, those things you could say, you, you know what it is, the flesh, because you study a lot of religion. 
uh, the flesh, the things that naturally I was drawn to. Mm -hmm. And I, I noticed that I just needed something more. I didn't have any real desire for God mm -hmm. in high school. I mm -hmm. uh, didn't have any real, I, I grew up in a town where, uh, you know, there's a lot of religion. There's not, I, I didn't see at that time a lot of really people walking it out. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to know who is God, God that I've heard about. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, one of my friends, Luke, actually, he, we played football together, and he invited me to this charismatic church there. And uh, I noticed I still had some stuff that was clinging on to me from back those times whenever I was you know, really down and out. Mm -hmm. I was addicted to pornography, and I, I couldn't stop looking at magazines, you know, pornography. And it, it was like a chain that was just hanging on to me. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get rid of it. Uh, some people have different vices, but that was mine. And, but whenever I was going to uh, the Vineyard Church, I, I noticed that there was something different about those people. Because like, you know, people are always reflecting people and, and uh, just they say like in church, nine out of 10 or something like that, people that go to church is because somebody invited them or they have mm -hmm. a personal connection before they went there. Okay. And so I experienced toward the end of my senior year, a breaking of that addiction. So the pornography was no longer with me because Jesus, uh, I had prayed to him hard. I was like, God, you got to take this away. I, I became, to my very lowest point, uh, I was at, I, I took my blanket and everything. I was, wasn't getting a lot of sleep, hardly eating anything my senior year uh, toward the end of that, that year. And I, I was uh, laying out there trying to get sleep at this Catholic church that I was also affiliated with. I kept praying. I was on my knees. And I just, I sensed, I don't want to go into all of it, it's kind of dramatic and everything, but I just sensed the peace of Christ rest on me. I was able to go home, get some sleep, get my mind right, uh, took finals that coming week, passed my finals, and from then on, I didn't even desire to use pornography anymore, mm -hmm. to be addicted to that anymore. So it, it's that breaking, it's that healing that he gave me, uh, that was just, that was an initial experience mm -hmm. to, to show that Mm. That he's real. Mm -hmm. He's real. He's real to me. And he okay. broke that off of me. And I have more things, reasons why. Because, I mean, sure. experiences, you can get a little jacked up too. I mean, if you just base it off experiences, yeah. experiences and feelings can be deceptive. Okay. 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 Uh, so let me just let me try, to, try to kind of distill what I'm hearing. Make sure I'm wrapping my head around it. Make sure we're on the same page. And again, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Correct me if, if any of this doesn't sound... Like it's in line with what you're saying, but so you you had a life full of vices that you considered a detriment. Oh yeah. To your life, your growth, your well-being. You sort of experienced this life over time, but I I can't I don't remember what was what was the initial sort of. Um, the, the initial point that sort of got you to explore the church was a sophomore or junior year, you said? that you're, you're, Well, I was... It was a sort of initial... To explore the church and faith? Yeah. Was a, like fre it was like freshman, sophomore year. It was sophomore year in college. Okay, okay, okay. Because I went one year at community college, then I went down there, saw Luke, who I knew from Staunton, he was my friend, who and then he invited me to church. Gotcha. Right. I was seeking and I was yeah. searching for, for the truth, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to interrupt. That's the piece, though. That I was like, so your friend uh, invited you to the church, and you said you you didn't really have much exposure to that before 
that point that you, you really weren't involved in the church or before that point? Is that is that to God? Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually grew up in the Catholic Church here in Staunton. But you I don't but think you, you, you weren't but you weren't yeah. like you weren't in it. Is, no, is that what I'm hearing? I wasn't like practicing. This, this was sort of the point because you, you talk about the difference between and we've talked about this before, between uh, sort of a, a belief in something or, or being nominally tied to something like in name only yeah and, and then there's there's a, a, a type of, of belief where you're practicing it and it really affects your life and really plays out in your life mm -hmm. so, so you feel like you were in the church but you weren't really living it but but this friend invited you to church and, and you saw people who were living it. yes okay and and so this experience with people who sort of exemplified what you thought maybe you know, a Christian should be, yeah. a godly person should be. They, they spurred you on to investigate a little further on your own and you started to pray and you started to, to go to church. And, and you had, I'm hearing, and I'm sure there were more, but like several sort of experiences where, where you, you found yourself breaking mm -hmm. an addiction or a vice. Yeah. Uh, and, and that led you to believe that God is real and acts in your life, that Jesus is real and acts in your life, that you had these, these vices, you started sort of walking the walk, and you found yourself no longer desirous of these things yeah. that you thought were, were hindering your, your well-being and your growth. Yeah, I was, so that freedom cool? would be a good single word. Freedom was what I was experiencing. I okay. tried doing it on my own. I tried, I tried. I said, man, okay. if I could just not look at this magazine tonight, Everything's gonna be okay, Brett. You know you're not mm. supposed to look at this magazine tonight. Mm. You know, mm. you know, you're mm. hiding this. This is in secret. Don't do it, Brett. Okay. Telling myself that and my willpower wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. See, that's I think that's the the power of, of knowing mm. Jesus and that's the power of uh, the devoted followers of mm -hmm. Christ and the Christianity. You could say that's the people who know Jesus really intimately. They. Uh, they rely on him. Mm. They lean on him. Mm. They they don't uh, use just their own strength. You mm. you start using your own strength, you start making mistakes, you start screwing up. Okay. So it's something that you have to just rest on him, rely on him, okay. and he's your your guide. So you felt like you you didn't have the strength or the will to break these vices on your own, uh, and so you thought the you needed to sort of put some of that burden onto something else, someone else, uh, sort of ask for help. Yeah, I was and at a point where I needed to ask for help. And yeah. you sort of, you did that. You say you, you, you prayed for help in doing this. But, so here's a question that's kind of burdened for me. Um, sure. How, so I understand it. So you, you have, you have these, these desires that you want to be free from, mm -hmm. like the, the analogy of free, you say it was freeing. Mm -hmm. You're free from these desires, free from these vices. Um, and then you, at the urging of a friend, started to take actions that then led to your desired result, breaking these vices. I get that sort of cause and effect sort of chain, but here's the question. How, how did you attribute that, how did you attribute that to Jesus? To God, why do you make? Why do you go from? So I had this addiction, and I broke that addiction. How do you get from there to Jesus broke that addiction? How do you get to there? That's my right. question. 
I tried other ways. I tried it on my own. Mm -hmm. uh, there's something renewing about the scriptures. Mm -hmm. There's something renewing about reading what Jesus did on earth to heal people and break people of addictions. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like the woman who was at the well. I mean, she had four or five husbands. And uh, he said, "Go and call your your husband, and let's you know let's have a talk and everything." Uh, and then they were just having a conversation. But that's somehow how it got to the conversation. Mm -hmm. And then um, she said that uh, I'm not married. He said, the, basically, she said the one I'm living with is is uh, he said the one you're living with is not your husband and everything. And he was somehow able to draw out what was wrong or what was something that was she was mm -hmm. struggling with. That um, that she needed freedom from. Mm -hmm. She needed, you know, she kept going to different relationships over and over, and she mm -hmm. thought that that was going to make her whole. Okay. But uh, he gave her the solution. He gave her healing. He gave her the answer. And then she goes and she tells everybody about Jesus too. I think this is John chapter four. Okay. And so he gives her the answer. He doesn't. She doesn't need to find it in other relationships. She doesn't need to find it in other men. Uh, she doesn't have to be shameful or guilty. Mm. She okay. can just come to him. And it's in those stories that are really brought out to me, hey, you can have that same kind of healing. Sure. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So so there, there's a lesson in Scripture, and maybe more than one, but, but this is, this is your, your example. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's a lesson in Scripture where somebody else had an experience of being freed from something by this figure Jesus yeah and you identified with that story that's what I'm hearing I did that was one of the stories I identified with she right. had she had a lot of relationships a lot of sexual relationships okay I had a lot of sexual relationships I had a lot of pornography addiction so yeah. I was viewing that, and so yeah, that was one that clicked with me. Okay, and there are many others too. Sure, in the in the books of the Gospels is what you call them. Yeah, but I, I want to stick with this example. So sure. like she 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 had an experience where she was freed by Jesus, and you had an experience where you were freed from a vice. How did you? How did you come to equate the two? So she, in, in the, the lesson in the story, is speaking directly to Jesus. Yeah. Um, you, um, you know, it sounds to me like a, a slightly different experience. So why we use analogy, it's never going to be exactly the same. But like, so how did you attribute what happened to you to Jesus exactly? I, I get kind of identifying with the story that she attributes her healing to Jesus. Mm -hmm. But how did you get from... I, I broke this vice. I tried lots of different methods, but like praying and focusing on scripture, this this method of, of coming to Jesus, that worked. But how do you know that that's, how do you know that it was Jesus? That's the, I guess that's my question. How do, you, how do you know? How do you come to that conclusion? Yeah, it was an experience. There's something about reading the Bible. Whenever, whenever you read the scriptures, the Bible, it, it does something to you and you, and, <laughs> You believe it too. There's a distinction here because, mm -hmm. just like I was reading the other day, like if you don't feel something, it's talking about specifically about the Bible, right? And believing in, in Jesus. So basically, if you don't feel it, believe it, then act on it, and you will feel it. Hmm. 
and that's an interesting that's an interesting uh, way to look at it because I had to really come to the point where I was absolutely broken, and I was reading the Bible, I was going to church, I was listening to great music, and in the scriptures it talks about how the Holy Spirit he he guides you and he leads you and he's he's sort of um, he's with you emotionally, he's in your emotional space, and the Holy Spirit and Jesus are one. In case whoever's listening, I know there's not a lot of uh, there may not be some understanding there. Basically, the Holy Spirit and Jesus are both God, and, and it's, it's, the, it's the concept of the Trinity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me in a mm-hmm. way that's not audible words, but he was speaking to my heart in a okay, way. Okay. And he was giving me a new life. And so that experience of reading the Bible, okay. having that peace in my spirit, mm-hmm. having that freedom, that mm-hmm. liberation in my spirit to where I didn't have to go back to this. Because mm-hmm. whenever I read the Bible, mm-hmm. I was less inclined to go over there to the magazine. I was less for my for my mind to trail off whenever I started speaking mm-hmm. to God or singers mm-hmm. singing these these spiritual songs mm-hmm. these hymns different things like that. So it, it comes down to an experience and a feeling, a feeling that the pursuing Jesus, this belief in Jesus, that pursuing that could lead to healing, and that that feeling sort of prompted your action of engaging with it and and then you saw results uh it sort of sort of emboldened that feeling or bolstered that feeling so i'm so i'm thinking this just a little thought experiment so i i have say i I have a friend who's who's hindu i talk to a lot of people lots of different beliefs so say i have a friend who's hindu and she was struggling with addiction, she felt like she too was, was sort of wrapped up in something that, um, you know, was, was not contributing to her well-being and well-being at all. She was having this really bad time. And, and a friend of hers invited her to uh, the temple, you know, in, in Bangladesh where they live. And she had this experience with a, a vision or, or an image of, of Krishna, of Lord Krishna, right? One of the, the gods in the Hindu pantheon. And that sort of spurred her on to look into the Bhagavad Gita, to the sacred text of Hinduism. And, and in reading the lessons of the Bhagavad Gita and seeing other people sort of brought to uh, freedom by Lord Krishna, mm-hmm. she sort of identified with those stories. And, and she began to identify with, with Lord Krishna and pray to him. And she saw this sort of same sort of result in her life. So, so she would conclude, I think, that, that it was Lord Krishna who, who was helping her out of this situation. But you conclude that it was Jesus who was helping you out of this situation. So how could I, as an outsider, right? If I'm, if I'm seeking truth, if I want to know the best way to know which belief is true, if I'm seeking truth, how, how could you convince me that it was Jesus rather than Krishna who was actually helping you? How, how would you go about that? Like, would you would you say that she is maybe mistaken in her belief that Krishna brought her out of that out of that vice? Hmm. Well, I would say, according to the Bible, where I where I base my faith off of, mm-hmm. I would say the Bible teaches that there's resurrection; that he was resurrected; that he was he was brought out of the grave. That he was he was uh, he was dead, 
and then he became alive out of the grave, and that if I put my faith in him, I can become alive in this life, in in every way that matters, and then also in the next life, in eternity. So that's that's what the Bible teaches. That's what. Yeah, that's where that's where I mean, resurrection, newness of life that the Bible teaches, right. and that right that gave that's me freedom. That gave yeah. me freedom. So it's 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 faith in the message of the Scripture that leads you to believe it was Jesus who brought you out of this addiction. Is that fair? So faith in the the Scriptures and faith in that resurrected Jesus. That's what sort of brought you to conclude that Jesus is what saved you from that addiction. I would say the experience, you just have to know it. I mean, you have to, you have to experience it for yourself to really understand that. And, and anyone would really, to, mm -hmm. if you have something, and everybody's got a vice that they've dealt with. Mm -hmm. Usually people have many vices that they've dealt with. They keep them secret and hidden up. And if... If I can lay that on the line and just be honest with myself and just sure. tell tell Jesus whenever I'm not in front of everybody, maybe I'm in my prayer closet, mm -hmm. maybe I'm just in, in my bedroom, and I can just be honest with them. So acknowledging it yeah. privately, that's a, that's a first step to breaking that addiction. Yeah. I would say uh, if she got, if she didn't have any, any addiction anymore, I'd be like, great job. I'd be yeah. like... Man, you don't have any addiction anymore. Um, right. That's not the way I would recommend going about it. That's my opinion. But we can still be friends, and we can uh, we can still, you know. Mm. Like how how is yeah. her experience different than yours, though? If 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 you say that's not the way I'd recommend it. So like she she had this addiction. She had this desire that she didn't want. She was invited by a friend to a temple. She sort of heard um, stories of Lord Krishna and how he could help. He, she read the scripture and, and that sort of led her to a faith in Krishna. And, and then she was healed by, by that faith in Krishna, right? And she attributes that healing to, to Lord Krishna, right? That's the thing. Like, I, how, is it, how is it different? Like, how, how would you, why would you say that you'd recommend your method but not hers? Well, I'll base it off of my experience. Your experience? Is, is one reason. That would be the primary reason of my experience when I've seen the Bible. Uh, yeah, but she, you know, she tells me that she has yeah. an experience too. So how is it? I, I wonder how it's different. And this is your friend. This is a real friend or a fictional friend? Say it's hypothetical. Hypothetical, yeah. Yeah, okay. But still, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I mean, I talk to... It's a hypothetical situation, uh, but... I talk to a lot of people who, who have a belief in something. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people who, who have broken through addiction, and it's because of a belief in X, right? Yeah. Whether, it's, whether it's Lord Krishna, whether it's Allah, whether it's a higher power of the 12-step you know, program, this is a generic higher power. But you know, the, the, the people, uh, is it possible in your mind for, for people to break through addiction mm -hmm. through some other other means like that you know like it's possible to break through addiction 
without a faith in Jesus. Do you think that's true? That that it's possible for them to have that same sort of experience? Yeah, I've heard stories that people do break addiction from those from those addictions. Yeah, with with other means. Mm-hmm. I will say that the stories, especially I've heard about Teen Challenge, is a an organization. It started in New York City in I believe the early nineteen seventies, and uh, it was a bunch of kids that were, you know. This guy, David Wilkerson, he went out into the streets. It was a very dramatic thing how it came about, but his heart broke for these kids that were in gangs, they were into heroin, methamphetamines, uh, cocaine, all these types of things, getting into trouble. He went over there to the streets and he just immersed himself in the streets. And then he opened up this this housing, his house thing, and these kids would come in and they would sort of, um, there was like people there that would minister to them and help them break free of the addictions and it was extremely successful and still that organization there is a much higher rate i believe it's about 80 percent of success mm-hmm. to breaking addiction for people who mm-hmm. actually go through it mm-hmm. and for a long period of time people are immersed in the scriptures mm-hmm. they they wake up and they have bible study and then they pray and then they go and they do certain chores to teach them service this and that but it's to Immerse yourself in the scriptures to show you that uh, to sort of bring bring your mind clarity, purify your mind from mm. from the devices of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, clarity. Yeah, immersion. <laughs> I don't know if I'm answering your question perfectly. No, it's great. It's great. And, I don't. <clears throat> I don't. I don't know what my specific questions are sometimes. So <laughs> it's all good. I just want to chat. And I'm no theologian. I have to admit, I've yeah. never read the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, I'm sure you have. I have, yeah. You have, and you probably read the Quran too. Yeah, I mean, um, not yeah. cover to cover. But. but yeah, I mean, these things. <laughs> yeah. And, and really, I mean, we should know the beliefs of other faiths so that we can have an understanding. Hmm. Um, so that whenever if we go and we are among those people groups, you know, we can we can tell them about Jesus and love and with mm. some knowledge. Mm. Like right now, I don't have a lot of knowledge, mm. and I'm partly ashamed mm. of that that I don't have uh, adequate knowledge to really answer your question. <laughs> no, no, it's but, great. <laughs> it's great. No, because I, I think that you, I think that you're the best person to answer questions about your experience, and that's oh, yeah. what I want to get at. You know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really not. I use the Bhagavad Gita as an example. I use Hinduism as an example as, as part of my studies, but like the, the, the point really of that analogy is just to sort of get at how you're, how you're processing your thoughts, you know? So it's not really about the scripture. It's not really about the dogma. It's not about the, the specific belief for me. You don't have to know about the, the, the true belief. I, I just want to know you. I want to know how you're getting to where you've gotten to, you yeah. know? Like if, if I understand that you have a good epistemology and you've got a good, a good uh, method for finding truth, mm-hmm. then that would encourage me to, to seek the truth that you found. If I know that you've got a good method to get there, I wanna follow that, right? So I wanna get at your methods, not so much the, the specific beliefs. And I just want to say that we're getting to about a half hour, and I, I know your time's valuable. I don't want to take too much of it. I'm willing to, to chat as long as you want to. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, this is fun. Um, yeah, let's, how about, 
Can we go 15 more minutes? Sure. Absolutely. I actually really enjoy this, yeah. but I did tell my wife that. No worries. <laughs> yeah. it's, I get it. Yeah, I've got, I've got yeah. a kiddo and wife at home too. I'd like okay. to. But this so, is fun. I absolutely. Like this. I really appreciate it. And I'll chat as long as you want. And I mean, I, we can get back into that, but I mean, do you have questions for me? You said you might have some questions for me that you wanted to ask. What? Well, I did want to say one thing. Whenever I remember I was up in my room, it was just before this addiction was broken. Mm. It was, uh, so I was up there and I kept remembering uh, that that voice sort of in my heart. I won't say I was hearing voices hmm. or audible voices. I just was, was hearing, uh, sensing um, that everything I'd known up to that point was leading me down a wrong path. And I kept, I said, Lord, I want to know your truth. I want hmm. to know, and then I would mess up again and I would look at the pornography hmm. again the next hmm. night. Hmm. I'd say, Lord, I want to know your truth and I would mess up again. And then, but mm. eventually that chain was broken off of, off of me. So it was, it was whenever, I, I do remember that clear as day though, because really the world systems has so many things set up to where we just pass it by and we're like, oh, that's nothing. Oh, that's just how things are. Oh, this is just that. Mm. This is just that. But I, I look at that and I think I was listening to songs, mm. okay, this is just, this is secondary, but it's important. I was listening to songs I remember back in high school, and these songs were filled with, like, thoughts, uh, talking about murder, talking mm -hmm. about, you know, like, I remember one of them, you know, uh, talked about murder was the case that they gave me, mm -hmm. and this and that, and this, mm -hmm. and then even suicide, mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, fill, fill in your mind with thoughts of a lot of them talking about women as though they are beneath us, mm -hmm. Talk, calling them the B word, mm -hmm, calling mm -hmm. them things like, you know, mm -hmm. to de demean women. Mm -hmm. And that's very prominent, at least it was then in rap. Yeah. And that's, that's why I got into a lot. So you feed yourself with this over and over. And the world, it, it teaches us, if we're not careful, through media especially, uh, that all these things are important. These things aren't important. Mm. You have you, mm. you need to have peace in your heart. You need mm. to have, seek joy. If you're not happy, if you're like all stressed out at work every day, you need to say, there's a reason for that. Why, am I listening to the wrong things? Am I mm. putting the wrong things into my head? Mm. So yeah, that's those are some of the reasons why I was like, man, this other stuff can't be right. I, I have to go for God. So I'm hearing that you, you you had experiences before your life in the church, before your life with Jesus, that, that you, you saw as harmful, and you had this sort of realization that those things are distractions, that they're not bringing you joy. And, and you sought out joy and peace. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just hearing the, the takeaway I got from that is that, that it's important for you to have joy and so you were you were seeking out something that would bring you joy so let me ask this I don't, this is a sort of a variation on, on what I was asking before before but say what if you were brought up in in Bangladesh mm -hmm. and didn't really have any exposure to Jesus but you had been brought up with stories from the Gita your whole life. Mm -hmm. and, and you had this similar sort of experience. Do you think that after having this realization that the things of the world weren't giving you joy, that you needed to find something more, and then after sort of 
putting your faith in Krishna and studying the Gita, you broke through that and you, you lost that addiction and you found joy. But you had, you had grown up in this place, put yourself in, in her place, right? And you had never heard of Jesus. Do you think that you would have still come to the same conclusion about what brought you out of that addiction? Do you think you still would have somehow come to Jesus if you had been brought up in her culture instead of yours? I would say there are so many things that we can do for um, in different world religions there are so many different things we can do to gain that that freedom that liberation mm -hmm. the peace inside mm -hmm. there's so many things we can do to gain that mm. but I will say in Christianity he did it all already mm. and by that it sounds like a, a, an admission of, of weakness, but it's actually the biggest strength because knowing that he bore our sins on the cross, mm. and some people might, out there might not know the story, but I mean, he, he was a man who walked around for uh, 30 years before he started teaching, and he, he, he led a sinless life, and then he started teaching, and he accumulated some disciples. He got 12 disciples, called mm. them to him, and he taught them over and over for three years, and the Pharisees were so... That his opponents essentially were so rabid and, and hateful of him because uh, he was teaching in the way that was bringing people to salvation, bringing people to, to truth. Mm -hmm. And then because of that, they, they tried to kill him more than once. Mm -hmm. and then they ultimately ended up getting it to where he was crucified mm -hmm. and he died an agonizing, horrible death. He mm -hmm. was whipped mm -hmm. with these big, there was big like... Uh, inch long, half inch long pincers on the end of these whips and that torn to his back and mm -hmm. he did that for you. Mm -hmm. He did that for me. Mm -hmm. He did that for everyone watching. Mm -hmm. So what he did is the separation between Krishna and and Muhammad. And I won't just throw them all together because yeah. I know there's different beliefs. Sure. And I'm not a hundred percent on what exactly one but sure. I know that he did this already. So if I were to come to him and I had absolutely nothing going for me, if I had a despicable life, I came to him. I know that he already he already did it. Hmm. And that love that he already did that, he gave me the best gift, that would prompt me to go and do things for him out of the love of that hmm. gift that brought eternal life for me. Really, like, so we're, we're at about 40 minutes, and, and again, I don't want to keep you too long, but I, I want you, to, I, I'd like to talk again, I really would, I don't, I don't want to make the video super long, but I'd like to keep in touch, and I'd like to talk more, oh, yeah. and I'd like to really dig in on, on more about, like, how, how you could convince me <laughs> that, that it was Jesus and not Krishna. I don't know, maybe, maybe. I, I want to go back and watch this video, I know that, <laughs> and, and maybe you'll come up with some questions, or you'll come up with some other thoughts. Um, you know, oh, I should have said, why didn't I say, let me know, keep in touch, like, and, and we'll talk again, we'll do another video if you want. Um, yeah, I consider you a very good friend. Thanks. And thank you for being challenging to me. Yeah. But I will say thanks also, for challenging me too. Yeah. I will say also that uh, uh, this lady you're talking about, I would want to talk to her. Mm. Uh, I can do a whole lot more mm. talking to this woman mm. and her experience than I could talking mm -hmm. to you, even though I love talking to you. Through a third party. Uh, through a third party, <laughs> right. right. 
So right. like, it's like that with a lot of big hot button topics nowadays. Yeah. I don't even want to get into those. I don't want to touch them with a ten foot pole right sure. now because those people aren't in front of me. Mm. We're not like if you had mm. something like mm. you were you were had going on. But yeah. I, I would want to talk to that person individually <laughs> and say, hey, yeah, how, you know, how do you believe that? that Krishna yeah. did this and that. I really want to, have, let's have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Let's have a drink. Like, you don't want to convince me that she's wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, right? Because if she, like, had, you if want she to find sincerely, out. if she sincerely has that, like, Brett, come on, why do you feel yeah. like Jesus is like, you know, better than Krishna or right. he has a, a better way or You would that. need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, all, like, it's all, relationship is everything to me. It's, yeah. And I think the, the New Testament Mm. Fleshes that out that everything's about relationships. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. That you you would have to sort of challenge that belief, but <laughs> to to challenge you once more. Like sure. I don't I don't necessarily want to prove her wrong or convince her that she's wrong. I'm more interested in getting at why you think you're right. Does that make sense? Right? It's not about, I, I, it's not necessarily, because there's, you said it yourself, there's so many different beliefs out there. And like, there's, there's no way that I'm going to go out and prove every one of them wrong, yeah. you know? So I want instead to focus on why you think you're right. You know, what brought you, you're at 100%, mm-hmm. you know? You still feel like you're there at 100%? Oh, yeah, even more so. <laughs> like, so what brought you there? And, and, and it, Another question to think about for next time. Mm-hmm. Um, what would it take to bring you down? Take to bring me down? That's a horrible question. <laughs> but, but what would it take, you know? Like if, if do you, you, you know what brought you up to that point. And, and you, you're okay with chatting with me and challenging, you know, your thoughts and your beliefs and your, your epistemology, how you got there. So I mean, have you ever thought about that? Like what would it take to convince you that Maybe it's not true. What would, what would it take to bring you down to 99? To 99? Oh my gosh. Just 1%. What would it take you to, to bring you down to no questions, no doubts? Because that's, that's where we were. Yeah. And what would it take to, to bring you down to 99%? To be honest with you, uh, Paul, the more I study the scriptures, the more I spend time living for Jesus and talking to people about him, the more convinced I be. Mm-hmm. I, I am. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'd be the more convinced I am, the more uh, I see the truth played out that this world needs Jesus. I look at the incidents that have happened in Minneapolis, and I look at across America with the riots, and you know I've I've shed a lot of tears in the last mm-hmm. two or three weeks. Uh, it's been surreal because yeah. I feel like people are advocating for uh, you know change the attitudes that I've sensed. You know, racism growing up in a, a small town. I love this town to death. And for the most people, people, part of people took up for me. But there was some very hurtful things, racist things that happened to me whenever I was a boy, even mm-hmm. as young as, you know, five, six, seven years old. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and then that, that what was under the surface kind of bubbles up and you see some people, I mean, you see a small percentage, but you still see some racism up to the surface and it's mm-hmm. a real problem in America mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. and I think you know the other day I was like I was at Walton Park in Litchfield beautiful setup and the sun was hitting just right and it was it was like 79 degrees and I was just like you know I was having one I was decimated to be honest with you because like all the media was like 
there's so much division. But then, uh, you know, it's, I was like, I can either let this sit in my heart and fester. Mm -hmm. I can either let that hate fester in my heart. Mm -hmm. I've done it before toward people. And I've let that, that bitterness creep in. Mm -hmm. Or I can remember that Jesus forgave me. Mm -hmm. I can, I can mm -hmm. remember that whenever he was dying on the cross, he said, forgive them for they not, know not what they do. Mm -hmm. If he can say that to people who are, who are murdering him, mm -hmm. and, and he's forgiven me for all the things I've done, all the pr promiscuity, all the pornography, the shameful things, mm -hmm. then, then I can forgive people who it just comes out that yeah I mean he's a racist she's a racist you mm -hmm. know this this and this and mm -hmm. I, it gives me hope that you know he did that so and I will say that like I said mm -hmm. you know the vast majority of people growing up in this town have been very kind to me but uh, it's something that without that healing I would just turn into a shell of myself and mm -hmm. a better person mm -hmm.